Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ricky, and with me as always is Bill. Hello. Brandon. Hi there. And James. Hey, everyone. We are a couple of disabled guys passionate about gaming and accessibility, and together we are Wheel Life Problems. Ah, you like how energetic that intro was that time? Really got into it, started feeling it. <laughs> Do you feel it? Yeah, I want people to feel the energy we got in here today, you know? Like, uh, yeah. yeah! Yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. Get into it. Let's start talking about things. <laughs> oh, man. How are you guys doing this this fine evening? Did you, I, I don't know. You guys, None of you guys are in school, right? Am I the only one who's in school who got to enjoy a nice spring break? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. That's hmm. cool right now. I've just been trying to fight this death that's been plaguing my uh, respiratory system lately. It's just been it's just been a mess. Oh, uh, that's right. You're fighting the flu, right? Uh, yeah, it's like this really slow slow burn. It's rough. Damn. That uh, I hate that. Do you get sick often? Not usually. That's the thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sometimes know. I do. <laughs> yeah. So tell me if you're anything like me, but like when you get sick, do you get like the the hard time having to cough everything up? So you have to have like someone push on your diaphragm to cough up all that mucus and stuff? Oh, God. No, thank goodness. Um, but what I, what I do is I end up taking like something like Mucinex and I'll just cough it up then because oh, it, like. Man. The chemicals make me hork it up and yeah. Oh man, yeah. That's, that's the one reason why I hate getting sick is because yeah, if I can't cough it up, I have to have someone help me and just like, all right, push on my stomach it up into my diaphragm and oh, it feels like I'm being punched in the gut just to cough up anything. Yeah, I have to. Um, I have to really like force force out a cough sometimes to get stuff up. It's, it's the worst. Yeah. Does the MD affect your diaphragm? Yeah, it affects every muscle in your body. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know if it was like... Yeah, like what what muscle's not affected? Oh. <laughs> every. <that's> <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. I still figure it out. I mean, they got devices out there. They like cough assists and things like that. That uh, It has a exhale-inhale sort of feature on it. And you can use that when you get sick. Oh really? Yeah, that's a big help if, if for anybody who has like issues with diaphragm or anything like that. I have one. Nice. It helps a little bit. Maybe I should look into that next time I get sick, or I should just not ever get sick. But... Just don't get sick. I mean... Yeah. What are you doing, Brandon? Just don't get sick. Don't you hear it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on that. I'm on that right now. You have a fever. Um, not really. That's the weird thing. It's just like the uh, yeah. aching and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, that little the achy part. Yeah. Yeah, I remember last year, like around like October or something, I got this awful, awful flu. Oh, it's terrible. Well, <laughs> hopefully a speedy recovery for you there, Brandon. Oh, I appreciate that. Can, yeah, know. because that sucks. 
Yeah, it's never bueno being sicko. But Righto. Right. You're here, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And we're doing something. We're contributing. <laughs> Wheel life problem sickness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I know. That led to nowhere. All right. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, good talk, good talk, good talk, guys. Uh, all right. Being sick. So going on in the news this uh, this week, this month, this more just going on right now. Uh, we were talking about is the the accessible gaming conference, uh, the GA is that what's called GA gaming accessibility conference that's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's but online. I think it's I've seen it abbreviated to GA conf, and that's probably the more searchable term for it. I don't know. Yeah, GA conf uh, or hashtag. Yeah, GA conf. So I've never heard of these. I mean, are you guys familiar with GEACon before? Because I've never heard about it until uh, you guys had brought it to my attention um, recently. my first exposure to it. Um, you know, I've, I've started to learn a lot about this different stuff as I've been in the community. Uh, Brandon there, I kind of started to learn some of these things. Uh, it's been a, you know, it's been a slow process because... I just, I don't know, I just didn't know about, I didn't know about a lot of these things. Yeah, neither have I, but being part of this podcast is starting to open up a, a lot of, open my eyes more to more things, and it's uh, fairly, fairly interesting, not like things I may have not been aware of, unless it were for you guys, so. I'm so happy yeah. to have you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think guys, as we're recording it, it's the first day of the conference just now. But I think it's been running since 2017. Maybe, yeah, I think that's right. So it's fairly new. Yeah, yeah, it's and it runs parallel to um, Game Developers Conference. So I think they're pretty much in the same venue or close enough that if you're attending one, you can nip off and go to the other. Yeah, it seems like this is more of um, it's less of like a, uh, like. There's some elements that are like a regular con in terms of like a comic con where it's like you know you walk around and see the stuff, but a lot of it seems like there's a lot of panels that are happening. Like it's more of like workshops and panel type driven uh, type of content. But I mean that's that's good though. I feel like that's probably probably where that shines because I feel like it might really help some people out um, in terms of like you know because it seems like they have a lot of stuff dealing with like how the you know they have like one that has to deal with like the uh like showing off the like how the how these how this uh, uh, stuff actually works like for instance accessible solutions and practical application you know like the, that's occupational therapy type workshop thing you know that seems like that you know that seems like there's there might you know that that's just a good good way to kind of get people introduced to this stuff that might not otherwise you know, know about what, you know, the limitations were before they may have been disabled or, you know, been exposed to this or whatever. Right. So that's cool. Would you say that is what excites you most about the GA con or is there something in general that maybe excites you? And this is, this question isn't just for Bill, it's for all you guys. Um, I mean, I think so. Yeah, I think for me it's uh, what I like about it is there's a lot of um, the range of speakers that they have there. There's a lot of representation from people of 
there's a lot of representation of big studios there, so you get people from places like this year, um, Turn Ten, that do the Forza games. I think it is. I think it's. I think they do. Um, and you've got um, oh, what's his name, Bryce Johnson from Microsoft, and what, uh, Tara Volker from Mixer. I think Tara Volker might be one of the organizers of it as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you know, Bryce was uh, Bryce Johnson was the one that I think didn't he design the. Um... Designed the accessible controller, at least had a big part in it. Yeah, I think he's the head of yeah. that team or something. And so did Tara, for that matter. Oh, okay, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Turn 10 Studios and Playground Games. Playground Games being the actual... Um, I guess that, I guess those both are the development team. Turn 10 Studios and Playground Games are both... Um, but that's cool that they're, they're the developers, but they're actually, you know, they. it says here that they have learned that solving accessibility problems is about solving custom problems and vice versa, which is a good thing. It's them realizing that, you know, that, hey, handicapped people are also customers as well, so they should be definitely, um, you know, they should definitely be thought of when you know creating a product and i think that that's a you know that's definitely a move in the right direction right mm. actually looking through the list of speakers here it seems like there's a lot of people that are from like maybe microsoft or microsoft's kind of adjacent uh, studios in places like that it's mm. i do wish there was a bit more uh, like maybe sony or nintendo people there any Sony or Nintendo people there? I don't know, maybe there is, and I just don't recognize them. I can't tell from the... From well, their... That was actually giving me my next question, is because I remember when we were, we were talking about this um, off off the record, you know, when, when we weren't recording, um, someone, I think it was you, Bill, mentioned that you did see that Sony did have some kind of a footprint there. Yeah, and I'm not sure how they're representing themselves, but Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment are seen as being a sponsor there. Um, I'm not sure um, what if there's a specific panel that they were sponsoring or if it was just general sponsorship. Um, I'm not sure exactly the involvement there. That's kind of what I was trying to figure out. It's, I mean, uh, there's a lot of Xbox. I mean, you got Xbox names and a lot of the titles, like the story of the controller, they're doing that. Which I'm guessing Bryce Johnson's probably the one that would be doing that one. Um, right. And then there's also Xbox and Gaming Disability Community Reception. I mean, Xbox has got their name on that too. Once again, we're seeing them represented very... Connecting themselves very closely to, uh, you know, accessibility. <laughs> also, I mean, this... I mean, so... I don't know what Sony's deal is or anything like that, so maybe with them showing some kind of general sponsorship, maybe it is them trying to step a foot into the door of accessibility. But uh, yeah, right. A very light step. Yeah. Or or roll, shall we say? So <laughs> why 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 do you, what makes you react that way? Um. Lack of faith in their ability to even so much as 
uh, create cross-platform games leaves me with no confidence that they'll care about something like accessibility. Yeah. Hmm. So when you're saying cross-platform games, you mean like, he's saying, I'm not just picking an example out of the air, saying like how Spider-Man is just like an exclusive, right? Is that like something which you're um, mentioning that? Or no, more like, more like games that are available on different on different platforms like if the same game is available on different platforms uh, chances are sony will block any possibility of cross-platform play while microsoft is usually for it uh okay i see what you're getting at then you know so by closing themselves off from others you that gives you the doubt that they are really want to step more towards accessibility then that's where you're where your lack of faith lies. Yeah, and I'm not really... I really don't think they'll be around for, for that much longer. They're going to be the next the next Sega, probably. Really? That's, that's for other reasons. It has not... It, it, the accessibility thing is, is, a, is a facet, but there is a much bigger issue in terms of just what they're doing from a business sense, I feel as though... They aren't. Xbox is thinking bigger. They're thinking bigger because I don't know if anybody's heard of this, but they actually have. I don't. I'm pretty sure it's set already, unless it's just rumors. But I know that there's something about uh, Xbox service being on the Switch. Um, you know, being able to be on Nintendo, like using them for their comms, and I think maybe even you might even see some Xbox Game Pass games on the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if it's a deal they're working on or if it's been worked out or if it's happening, but it sounded like it was pretty uh, pretty close to happening. I mean, I don't know all the particulars on it, but I did hear it being hinted at um, as it being something that they were going to do um, because Xbox is kind of thinking that they want to move their communications to to not just be associated with their Xbox, but be associated with other things, you know, as more of like a branch out as like a third party developer type of deal, kind of maybe with the communicoms for things, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like uh, I don't know, maybe like kind of like how Discord sort of does, but you know, I mean, under those types of lines. I mean, you you saw something about this, Brandon. There's been something posted in the there's something posted some time back in our our group. Um, the, um, accessible streamers about about that very event. Um, I'm sorry. About, uh, which of it? About the um that whole thing about the Switch and the Xbox relationship, you know, Nintendo and them. Oh, yeah. the possibility yeah. of. Uh... Yeah, yeah. There yeah. being cross platform between or cross platform play between uh, users of the Switch and the Xbox. Yeah, um, yeah because the Xbox Live service on the Switch as well. I mean, really? if that is going to happen, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, I've just heard a lot of stuff about it. I haven't really seen any concrete things, but I'm just saying the fact that that's even being talked about or even being thought of. And, kinda, you know. 
So I guess that would be something to keep uh, an ear open for during this uh, the the GA con to see if it's mentioned anywhere. Or... Well, I mean, I don't know if that would be if that would if that specifically would be mentioned. That's kind of like a tie into what we were talking about. Just how I think that Microsoft's thinking bigger, um, not just from accessibility, but from other standpoints in their business plan. It just seems like they're doing more. They're doing more than what Sony's doing, and Sony just seems like they, you know not want to do cross-platform, not really doing any effort in accessibility. I mean, there's just several different facets to the way they're doing things. It's just, they're not playing nice with other companies, you know? I mean, that's the biggest thing. That and the accessibility seem like the two big things for me. So what you're saying is we really need a Sony sponsorship for the show. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. We will, we'll really talk Sony up once we get that sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, this just... episode brought to you by Sony. Oh, by the way, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at a list of the, the speakers from um, uh-huh. last year's GA cons, and there was uh, someone There was someone from PlayStation there uh, doing a, giving, a, giving a talk um, last year. I think it was Mark Holy Friend, crap. Yeah, from a senior researcher. I think it's a senior UI or user experience researcher with Sony. He was there. At least from so, what I read on Eurogamer. So, <laughs> um, I'm just I'm frantically trying to find lists of like... I know there's a GA conference Europe as well, either coming up or... You know, maybe Do they year. have a separate one for Europe and for the US? I think so. I, mean, I don't know if the European one has, has actually arrived yet, but I saw some. I saw some uh, murmurings about it on Twitter a while ago, but I've not really heard anything about it since. But in saying that, I don't really. I've not really been following it that closely, so mm. maybe well, it's the sort of thing I'd hear more. So I know on. Ian Hamilton is up there, or made the trip up there. Who's Ian Hamilton? Uh, Ian Hamilton is a. And video game uh, accessibility advocate. Um, he's pretty old school. He's been doing this for, um, gosh, years and years and years. Yeah, he's basically, uh, he's, it just seems that he's one of these guys on Twitter that he seems to have all the answers to accessibility stuff online. That's <laughs> Whenever I've got something, some sort of query, it just pops in and goes, "It's probably this is what you're talking about, or it's this thing." Like I thought maybe even just like color blindness recently, he, um, I thought my particular type of color blindness was a little bit odd because my sight loss, the condition that causes my sight loss, is a little bit sort of a new kind of like recently discovered genetic cause to it and things, and he's like popped up talking about it and he goes actually no it's probably just like this quite common uh color blindness thing and i was like oh right okay so i'm, I'm not so special <laughs> but yeah he's um yeah he's been he's been doing it a good wee while and he knows enough a lot about it and he's on the forefront of the community yeah i was actually um i met him at aberdeen it was a games conference in aberdeen up in the northeast of Scotland, and he and I were on a, an accessibility panel together. 
So hmm. he's um, yeah, nice nice bloke. How was Good that? Uh, it was fine. It was quite quiet. You know, there wasn't um, it's not a massive conference, and there wasn't a. There wasn't a really a big crowd for the accessibility talks, but it was good. It was good to meet um, meet Ian and the other speakers that were there, and get my first my first taste of being in front of an audience talking about accessibility. It was um, nerve wracking, for sure. <laughs> nerve wracking, but enjoyable. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't so much that I didn't really know so much about accessibility because I knew I knew enough to be on the stage. I think. Because it's more like, why are these people listening to me? Well, yeah, I mean, I was up there really just to talk about the audio game jams that I do, but because it was quite quiet and because I'd like, you know, being my first conference experience, being the first panel that I was on, I told my family and most of my family decided to make the trip to come see me. So a lot of the audience, a, a large percentage of it, were related to me, which was a bit <laughs> kind of cringing just then. But yeah, he yeah. loaded the audience. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Ian, Ian knows his, Ian really knows his shit. You had plants in the audience. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! It's got to have been a, a humbling experience being next to a man of that caliber. I'm sure. Yeah, cool. I, I did feel a little bit out of my depth, but I mean, you've got to start somewhere. So. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything else you guys are looking forward to or want to hear at the at the GA Con or? Any like panels that you already see that are, you know, on the docket, so to speak? Well, there's quite a few things going on that seem to be, you know, just like uh, the story about how the adaptive controller came about. I feel like that that's probably very interesting. But the one that I really stands out to me as being something that would be very interesting is uh, re-engaging accessible solutions and practical application of gaming and occupational therapy, which is cool because it gives, it's like a practical, uh, you know, understanding. Like they're going to actually show you how, how these uh, solutions work, you know, how they actually, you know, stuff like able switches and other things that uh, will basically allow you to game. Um, Because I feel like there's a lot of people that, there's still a lot of people that I don't think realize the level of accessibility that can be um, created um, for gaming at this point. Um, right. Even like when you of, add just a yeah. single button, it's a huge deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just the ability of the fact of like, I mean, I, I think the impact of that, uh, just the impact of that control, that accessible controller alone, you know, that from Xbox and, it's just—it's amazing. It's amazing. And I feel like it's just a very impactful device because it's just there's so many options. Mm-hmm. And that's on display. I mean, obviously, I feel like that's something that they're trying to really—you know—it uh, seems like they're really showing off big time. And I feel like it—you know—that's a good thing. Uh, the more that they showcase that product, the more um, people are going to have access to gaming that otherwise may have thought they didn't. Well said. Well said. Um, I, I probably should ask this question at the very beginning, but because uh, I totally forgot, I looked at the website <laughs> stuff. But where where is GA Con at? I think it was in San Francisco. It's at the Game Developers Conference. It's part of the Game Developers Conference. 
which is happening like right now in San Francisco. Which is IGDA, right? It's, it's, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. like IGDA. Uh, Something or other, I can't remember. All right, well, I have a question then. Um, could I, uh, Brandon, you kind of touched on this like before we even started recording, but it was like, um, like how does it make you feel that all these major conventions are always more than likely on the west coast? And you know, <laughs> three of us are east coasters, and James is you know, totally different continent. <laughs> oh, it drives you crazy, it drives me absolutely crazy. Everything is on the west coast, yeah. Doesn't sound very accessible. Well, I mean, it's not like they can just, uh, it's not like they necessarily have the option to switch around between um, one venue and another that's far away from where they're based out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, location, uh, accessible from a location standpoint, but I feel like you know, I mean, it's accessible to the people that are there. <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, it is. I wish that there was more conferences that were more, you know, I don't know. I wish there was just more options in terms of maybe something that was kind of like in the middle of the country as opposed to on either one of the coasts. Maybe that would be like a, I don't know. <laughs> just, just think. That way the people on the West Coast have to drive as far as the people on the East Coast. Yeah, basically, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, and I don't know. It's expensive. It, cons are expensive. I mean, it's expensive even if you, well, I mean, it would, yeah. I mean, traveling with a disability is expensive, just in general. Yeah, I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to. Especially if you're in a chair, because you have the, um, it's just like a huge travesty and to do. It just takes forever. Yeah, and it's exhausting. It is. Yeah, it's just I've been thinking about going to TwitchCon. It's just like you know, it's just um, I want to do it, but I mean financially, it might not be um, it just might not be possible. I mean, sure, I can try to get donations and stuff, but there's no guarantees Mm -hmm. on that one. So that's why we need that Sony sponsorship. Exactly. So we can trash talk them and have them pay for our stuff. We'll build a ramp and we'll make Sony pay for it. <laughs> right. Now, for you, James, how prevalent are like major cons like GA Con in Scotland? Uh, in Scotland, not so much. Scotland doesn't necessarily. It has some, you know, sort of well-run, fairly well-attended um, sort of games events and things, but not really. If you want big games conferences you have to go down south to England which I mean it's not that long a trip really and it's it's not like I'm travelling to the travelling like to, to France or Germany or anything like that where I'd actually have to like change all my money and the Euros and <laughs> um, speak speak the local language a little bit to to, to get about but it's um yeah I mean I'd love for them to do something in Glasgow or Edinburgh there are actually now that I mention it there did used to be um, Edinburgh Interactive uh, Entertainment Festival, I think it used to be called, which, um, yeah, the, you'd get to see like maybe some pre-release games, and they tied it in with the the big, um, 
sort of indie game festival that would happen in Dundee around about the same time called um, Dare to be Digital. That's like it's a big sort of um, student games competition that runs up at the University of Aberdeen. And yeah, they, like occasionally, at least in the year that I went, when would that have been? Um, well, it was the. Have you ever seen Little Big Planet on the PS3? Yes. It would, it would have been the year that mm-hmm. that came out because they had a pre release version of that to show off to people that came to the event, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, as far as games conventions go, you get some um, small small shows, but nothing nothing big. I think um, I think there's like a I think the company that runs PAX runs I think it's EGX like a Eurogamer, uh, a Eurogamer Expo branded or something. Expo. Yeah, it's like sort of it's all <laughs> instead of being PAX branded, it's all Eurogamer branded. But I think it's maybe quite similar. But I've never really I've never really bothered going to it. So yeah, it's <laughs> I'm not really one for going to conventions. So yeah, that's something maybe I should do more of in the future. I think they are an excellent way to uh, just to, like be able to tell your story and uh, you know get your um get your ideas out there how on right. how to make games more accessible because. Clearly, that's obviously that's obviously what we're all passionate about, and um, it uh, conventions are places where people in the gaming industry are listening to things, right. where they're actively going about because they want to learn about the industry. So that you, there's no better way to reach them. No, that's right. I was, I was something I've been, something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, I mean, we do this podcast, and I presume that I would, I would expect that a lot of our listeners have um, disabilities themselves or face accessibility issues when they're playing games, and I've been thinking sort of recently about like how can I, or how could <clears throat> people like us, what options do we have to get out there and talk to people within the games industry that. Um, you know, because right now maybe with this podcast or within like the disabled gaming community, there's a little bubble of people talking about accessibility, but how much of that actually gets out there? Like I saw recently on because I, I I'm, I'm part of my uh, the Scotland IGDA sort of Facebook group that was someday trying to organise um like just like networking events and things, and it's that's the sort of thing I'd like to get involved with more is just like going to these uh, smaller events with maybe local developers and just meet people introduce myself and if there's a chance to do like a wee five minute ten minute talk on why accessibility is important then that's the sort of thing i would like to to take advantage of and certainly i'd encourage like any sort of streamers or anything that are listening to this that maybe have their own local game development communities to, to maybe think about doing the same Get out there and evangelize. <laughs> Preach. Yeah. And yeah. That's very very well said. And maybe anyone who's listening, they can reach out to us too and we can, you know, work together to make our voice bigger. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, that um, I feel like that's a perfect segue for what our next like topic was going to be. If uh, unless you guys have something more to add about the GA Con or anything. No, I think we can. I think we can move forward. All right. Well, so basically, what we wanted to talk about is, you know, oh, we we're talking about the GA Con conventions, and of course, you know, like part two of our podcast now is where we talk about, you know, uh, facing life as just having a disability ourselves, and so we thought a good topic would be is like. Um, what kind of experiences have you had at, you know, conventions, concerts, large group areas, you know, like, um, what, you know, anything such like that. Um, I mean, I can start to give off an example of like what I was thinking of bringing up is, um, like I like going to Comic-Con, um, whenever I can or large concerts and stuff. But one of the things that maybe, you know, regular walking people may not realize is like how fucking hard it is to navigate a crowd when it's huge, like just, you know, shoulder to shoulder people and how much of an issue it is when people make it harder for you to navigate when they're not paying attention or, you know, uh, people are crowding the elevators just because they're too lazy or fat to go up a, an escalator or stairs and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, just how, it's like when you go there, you have to plan so much more of like your route. You almost need like a GPS or like a, you know, a map quest type thing to route where exactly you're going to go so you can plan. Uh, yeah. Plan your day and. Uh, your it's voice just... ready. Hey, get the fuck out of the way. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just something like, I mean, I love going to, you know, large crowd events, but that's I'm something saying that. that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the fuck out of my way, man. Make myself look like a real asshole. That's how I. That's how I get myself through the crowd. Just bark at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm try. See, that's the thing, though. Like, no one's gonna shout back at you, or at least I hope they wouldn't. You know, because <laughs> nobody wants to be that guy that shouts that gives up use to the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> get the. Yeah. F- no. I'm beeping your horn there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's 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 like my <laughs> my experience that I've had with going to the conventions. Just like uh, navigating the crowds can be such a such a hassle and can take away from you know the experience if it's bad enough. But you know, luckily, especially elevators or things, it's just I guess what I'm trying to say is a word of advice for anyone who's listening that's not disabled and you're like at a huge event and something. You just be be conscious of the of those around you and try not to you know. You know, just step on people's toes. And, um, I, don't know. I don't know where I was going. If with you that. see a head that is like two feet shorter than it should be, just be extra aware of your surroundings. There you go. Yes, exactly that. So, I mean, that's my experience with. If you have to, like, minimize the amount of, like, self-awareness that you, you know, exude when you're at a convention, I mean, naturally, you should just be aware of your surroundings pretty much all the time anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a very good point. But it, yeah, it's hard because, like, you'll see, like, you'll see a whole solid, like, line of people and you'll be like, oh, man, the thing I wanted to see is right on the other side of all of you. And you can I just, can I just get through here, please? Yeah, yeah I got no shame in my game. I'll be like, I'm like, fuck <laughs> the Red Sea right now, motherfuckers. I'm I like that. No shame in my game. 
Oh, you must be a blast at concerts. <laughs> oh yeah, like it. It's fun concerts. <laughs> concerts are they can be fun. Now I've had a variety of the issues that I've dealt with have been revolving around that. You know them. You know inadequately seating you somewhere where it's like you know they're saying that something's accessible, or they were saying they had they they gave you the impression accessible seating was available. Then they give you a big rash and a shit when it's like you need to, you know, oh, we need to, oh, oh, your ticket wasn't exactly right. We need to, we need to change that. You know, it just becomes this, this whole process that really should be very simple. It should, you know, because what it's become before, it's like I had a regular ticket and then they were like, oh, well, we'll have to, we'll have to exchange this out, you know, because what happened was there was this one event last year where it was like I had signed up for this ticket to rock thing where it was going to allow you to get all these different concerts. And basically the idea was that, you know, I noticed that the deal wasn't available for accessible. And I was like, well, they still have to accommodate this. And they gave me a, a you know, it ended up being a bunch of bull crap because a lot of the concerts I needed to like, you know, they got, it ended up being this whole thing for them finding a spot. Do they have a spot? You know, all this stuff. And it just, it's just a frustrating process when it turns out, you know, they actually do have, you know, the ability to seat you. It just seems like some of these places just really need to, you know, really need to consider some serious construction in a way. And I know it sounds crazy, but you know, I'm sorry. In this in this day and time, I mean, there's no reason for places to not to you know be you know that limited. You know, where is it like space. Um, I was going to say, is it like? I think it's. I think over here that there would be a legal requirement for their for them to be able to accommodate. Yeah, I mean, there is now with a lot of there? the venues, but it just yeah. seems like even when they make them, a lot of times it seems like it's still just not not enough i mean the, and and the crappy thing there is it's like say you want to do the vip thing i want vip tickets one time well i wasn't able to really do anything with that they had to bring they still brought food to us but i wasn't able to sit in these box seats that they have and yeah. they didn't make them accessible and it's like those should really be accessible too to be honest with you but <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. yeah well, it's like like it's... What I'm... oh sorry so... you go well, I was just going to uh, kind of elaborate on like what you were saying, how it like, is it, should it be made accessible? And like, you know, there is the ADA where, you know, people are, have to comply to certain standards and practices of whether or not, you know, their buildings are accessible or not. But I've learned it's also if, uh, you know, there's private venue events too, that uh, handicap accessibility is solely based on the, the owner of that private per- place as opposed to um the ada i think only applies to public um buildings and such yeah um, mm, mm. It, it, am, am i misinterpreting that uh i think you might be actually because um it it if it is a if it offers a service to the public then it has to be accessible right okay so it's not just for versus private private versus publicly owned uh Right, like a private business can't just be like, yeah, I'm not going to serve people with disabilities anymore. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up for me then. Yeah, and if if anyone tries to tell you that, then 
Um, you can point them to a lawyer. I shall do that with my with my spaghetti like fingers. I'll point my my crippled fingers at that lawyer. Go that way. There you go. <laughs> go that way. Well, um, what about you, uh, James or Brandon? Like, you, what's what's like a problem you've had disability wise when it comes to any type of uh, big crowd events type shit? Energy, man. Like, just finding enough energy to do all the different things. Like, it's like I have only so many hearts. And whenever I go do a thing, it's like it costs a certain number of hearts. And then (laughs) when I run out, then I have to rest. And if I um, want to, like be able to do things later on in the day I have to like find some time in the middle to recharge you know mm-hmm. so if I want to like do something at night or later yeah later in the evening then I have to take a bit of time to lie down really yeah oh definitely What about you, James? Have you uh, any issues you've come across and type of, you know, same thing? Uh, just, um, let's see. There are some, when I've went to uh, wrestling events, like WWE, WWF, WWE house shows, when they do their sort of European tours and stuff. Well, I've got, I didn't you were into that sort of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not really. Um, I don't really <laughs> watch a lot of any wrestling these days. I used to, like, maybe mid 2000s I think maybe late 2000s I, on and off you know like I, I kind of dropped off wrestling when Chris Benoit was erased from history and I haven't really went back but I do still sort of keep an eye on the what wrestling games are coming out and what's like who's who's the next who's the big hot wrestler of the day and things but I don't really watch it but I, my mum <laughs> it's always John Cena <laughs> But yeah, um, but I've got my my brothers are all quite into wrestling far more than I am. So occasionally at Christmas, I would get we would all get wrestling tickets bought for us for when they would go oh. to to Glasgow. Um, but it's like accessible seating tickets. But unfortunately, whenever I went to those, it's um, the accessible seating in the venues where the WWE does their Glasgow shows is usually quite far back and quite high up. So, it's not great for me because I can't really make out what's going on, but it's it's still generally a good time, you know. I can I can get a sense of what's happening. I just can't really see the wrestlers very well at all. Um, what's a bigger detriment in those situations is when the first time I went, I'm sitting behind a bunch of sort of smart mark fans that just like say, "Have you heard of the wrestler Sin Cara?" No. Yeah. Not well, me personally. It was a, a masked wrestler who had previously gone by another name in another, I think, Mexican federation before he joined WWE. And these fans would all chant his, his old name and things like that. And they're just being really obnoxious. But then the second time I went, I was up in the higher seats. The seats where it's all like wheelchair access and things like that. And I was sitting with a bunch of kids around me. Like for the kids with their parents. So me and my brothers... 
like all adults surrounded by all these little kids who I mean to them it's totally <laughs> real and it's so hard not That's to get like swept real, up man. yeah like they have got so much energy and passion for the, what's going on and it's so hard not to get swept up in it it's amazing <laughs> it makes it so much better you know it's the sort oh, of well thing then, like, so that was a good thing yeah, yeah. I mean, I still couldn't see what was going on, but the kids were giving me a running commentary of exactly how I should be acting, what I should be chanting, who was, who was the goodies and who was the baddies. Fantastic, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, for me, it just depends on the venue that I go to. So, gotcha. but, um, some of the smaller venues, it's maybe quite easy for me. It's easier for them to find me seating closer to the closer to the bands and things if it's a concert I'm going to because it's a smaller venue anyway so right uh. right yeah that's the thing you never really know exactly what a person is going to need unless you just mm-hmm. simply walk up to them and ask them hey is there anything that you need yeah yeah I totally I mean or even when I was booking the tickets for let's say the last one I went to see was um the band Garbage when they played in Edinburgh. Um, oh, Garbage, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. They played, they played Edinburgh um, sort of late last year. Mm-hmm. And I made sure when I was on the phone buying the tickets that both that I said that I needed accessible tickets because I was registered as blind. Um, which, I mean, if you're, <clears throat> whatever your disability, if you if you think, like, you should always mention that you, that you need accessible tickets because there's a good chance you'll get cheaper tickets. And you may also, in the case of like the events that I've gone to as well, I think they do them like for me they would do them like half price, so that you could, if you paid full price, you'd get someone to go with you to be a guide if you're like a blind person or you need someone with you. So that's quite good. But um, yeah, like make sure you you tell them what your accessibility issues would be, so that they can find um, seating that would suit that would sort of meet your needs sort of thing right smart thinking I mean it's, it's it's easy for me to say in those and for the things that I've um, tried to get tickets for because in those cases I've been like day one when the tickets are available on the phone when there's maybe got seating available like a lot of uh, a lot of accessibility seating options available but like the later it gets it may not be may not be as flexible so Get in early, I suppose. Tip number three. <laughs> well, good, well-rounded tips. Well, um, just tip. <laughs> just the tip. I have a, um, I have something that I kind of want to add back to the whole big crowd event things. Is that I forgot to mention while I was telling my part is how scary it can be sometimes. And here's an here's an example. Um, so. When the Washington when the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup, um, I was in D.C. for that day, and it was parts of it were kind of terrifying. I had to go in my manual chair and not use my power chair, just because I knew the crowds were going to be so big that finding a ramp onto a curb or anything would be even much more of a hassle to like you know um, navigate through crowds. So that way, my friends could pick me up and put me over a curb and stuff. And then there's also times where, like, you know, everyone's getting really rowdy and into it where people start falling over each other. And, you know, kind of like how Brandon said, our, my head is two foot below everyone else's head and people start falling onto you and things it's like, man, that can be pretty terrifying if you don't know what to expect or. What, yeah. You know. 
Yeah, I've been, mm-hmm. I've been in that situation uh, where I was like front row to things. And a lot of times there's been people that have been really awesome where there was like, there's dudes that were literally were going to take someone out if they like tried to hit me or something or if they if the person hit me. Like there's literally times where, where people have like, were like, like, hey, I got you, bro. You know, like, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen everywhere, but, but it was, to me, it's always been interesting how my experience of concerts, there's been a lot of cool people there too that were like, you know, they know I want to enjoy the show and they're not trying to, you know, they're trying to make sure that, you know, that yeah. they're, they're looking out for me. Like, you know, especially when people crowd surf, because obviously I'm not going to be the one that's putting my arms up for that. Uh-huh. They no, kinda, I've had very similar experiences <laughs> where I've been to concerts and people will kind of put like a, a human wall up against people that are like, you know, they're trying to mosh or something and they're, so yeah. they're not following in, falling into me and stuff. And I mean, yeah. I may say, you know, big crowd, things like that can be very scary and terrifying, but like you also get to see a glimpse of like, you know, the humanity and like, uh, and some people where they'll, you know, they'll stick up for you, not even knowing who you are. Be like, be like you know, be like, Oh shit, people are falling over the guy in the wheelchair. We shouldn't, you know, help him out, help him out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, this example of like a good, you know, sort of experience of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hooray disabilities! Am I right, guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we get the best parking, right? I mean, there is that. Yeah, that's the one thing I will never complain about with being disabled: is the parking. In the front of the line. Mm-hmm. The mythical exactly. front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anyone, unless anyone has anything else to add or personal experiences they want to drop, uh, I feel like that's a good spot to wrap things up, wouldn't you? Uh, ooh. Mm, no. Lay it on me, James. Let's hear it. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, like recently yeah, I've been a few podcasts ago. No. <laughs> About a month ago, on <laughs> one of our podcasts, I was asking for for people to submit like challenge ideas for. The accessibility game jam that I was sort of thinking about organizing. Uh huh. I have since decided that's the accessibility game jam is still running, but I've had to rework the idea. It's been a whole thing. I was like, <clears throat> for certain parts of it, pretty simple, right? Like, if you're a challenge for an accessibility challenge based around sight loss, easy peasy, just make a game that's playable by people without sight. That's the premise for other game jam. Translates very well to this other one. Fine. Other sensory impairments. Maybe a similar idea. Um, for things like motor mobility functions, things like that. Maybe not so tricky. But then there were some other ones like um, speech or um, sort of cognitive impairments and disabilities where I just couldn't come up with anything. And I thought this maybe this doesn't work. Maybe this just is an unworkable idea for a game jam. So I decided to just sort of go back to the drawing board with it a little bit. And essentially just um, take inspiration from, I think is the, the nicest way I can put it. Possibly, you know, just outright steal the idea from <laughs> the game jam from five years ago that incidentally inspired me to do audio game jam in the first place. It's itself called Accessibility Jam, where that game jam asked people who had already made games for other game jams to sort of 
add accessibility features to their existing games to make them more accessible. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's going now, and hopefully it'll still run when it's supposed to run, and it'll be a thing. <laughs> I've spent the past few days um, sort of reworking the the website for it to reflect the new the new goals, and it's oh. been a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> and when uh, when is the 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 launch day or you know of that um, event? Yeah, starts. May 19th ends May 16th so it runs from I think it's a Thursday through to a Thursday no maybe it's a Wednesday through to a Wednesday because I think the Global Accessibility Awareness Day is on the 17th of May and that's the day after the Game Jam ends where you know, if there are any games out there on the, that have been submitted that are more accessible then people can come and play them alright sweet we'll make sure to keep us posted on that and where you decide to go with everything and all the challenges and such, or, you know, well, how you end up reworking everything. Yeah, I mean, so I'll maybe put a link to the, 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 the Game Jam page in the description for the for this podcast, so that if you're listening to this now, then you can come and you can click on the link and go and see what they are. But generally, it's just like, um, I just went to Game Accessibility Guidelines, which I think is, um, that's, I think that's uh, Ian Hamilton's website. Uh, if I'm right, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So Gameaccessibilityguidelines.com. Yeah, I basically just that's the one. Sort of pulled off a bunch of suggestions for how people could maybe, like, it's not quite some good. Of the more, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's. I think it was sort of re revamped last year. Mm-hmm. They have a lot more kind of like real world examples of what are meant by the different. Um, the different sort of yeah, suggestions it, how to make your game more accessible. It's really it's definitely good. different than it was when I looked at it like a year or two ago. Yeah, so I basically just pulled a whole bunch of maybe some of the easier to implement suggestions for how to make your game more accessible in terms of the the five headings that I'd already come up with. Mm-hmm. And I say come up with like the headings are from game accessibility game accessibility guidelines and from the previous game jam from five years ago as well, right? So there's those. Very little, <laughs> very little accessible uh, original yeah. about this game jam, apart from the the the, the branding, the, the 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 iconography that I drew up and on my computer for it. Oh, anyway, <laughs> but you made it work. It's it's coming together. It's coming together. Yeah. I just need to be up up front and open about how like how little uh, original thought has been put into this. So that people can't accuse me of plagiarism. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Alright then. Well, that's something to keep an eye out for, everyone. To pay attention to our Twitter and such and such. Or yes. Our Twitter and such and such. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, those those things. Mm-hmm. Actually, don't pay attention to the Twitter. Pay attention to the such and such. That's yeah, the more such important. Such is way more important, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> all, right. all right i feel like that's a good place to wrap things up then i guess right guys and... sounds good all right so i just want to thanks thank everyone again for tuning into another episode of wheel life problems you can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found follow us on twitter at problems wheel but just remember follow us our, our such and such is way better so just remember that <laughs> you can follow me on social media i'm at the rickles uh, you can follow Bill. He's at Wheelchair Gamer, and of course, Gamer spelled with the three. 
But of course, I don't need to tell you guys that. You already knew that. Instead of me. You can, yeah. You can follow Brandon at Accessible Gamer, and you can follow James at James Kyle. And thanks again, and remember to keep it wheel.